Nehemiah chapter 8. Proverbs 24 and Nehemiah 8. Let's all stand together if you would. And in Proverbs chapter 24, look with me down, if you would, in verse 10. And let's say this verse, and we're going to say both of the verses out loud together in unison. So Proverbs chapter 24 and verse 10. Let's read it together. If thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. Let's say it one more time. If thy faint in the day of adversity... Thy strength is small. Now go with me over to Nehemiah chapter 8 and look down in verse 10 and let's read verse, ver, the, the, actually let's just read the last part of verse 10 uh, from uh, for the joy of the Lord, okay? And let's read it out loud together in unison. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Again. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, it is so important for us to be strong in these days. And it is also important for us to be joyful in these days because the joy of the Lord is what gives us strength. We pray, Father, that you would help us to have an understanding tonight of where the joy of the Lord comes from and what it what is, could, could come into our lives that could, could uh, hinder that joy from overflowing. Uh, Father, uh, not only do we need to have that joy, but it is so important for us to dispense that joy to others. There are so many people today that are, are, are hurting, are in despair, are fearful, and uh, they need the joy that only Jesus Christ can give. We pray, Father, that you would guide, direct, and bless as we take a look at these concepts and these uh, ideas in the Word of God. And uh, Lord, please speak to our hearts tonight. As you speak to our hearts, may we respond to you. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. It says, if thou faint in the day of adversity, thy, thy strength is small. And then it goes on and says that the joy of the Lord is, is our strength. And the, the truth is that people today are looking for, what, what, uh, looking for uh, fun, looking for happiness, looking for excitement. Uh, you know, you can find all those things in, in earthly things, but you can't find joy uh, in, in, uh, in those things. There's only one place you can find real joy, and that's in the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, the very first step in receiving that joy, of course, is to, is to trust Jesus Christ as Savior. Um, I, I remember, I was, a, I was a teenager when I got saved, I was 17, and, and uh, prior to that, probably my, uh, the, the year just before that was my junior year in high school, it was probably... Probably the worst, the most miserable year uh, of my high school career, and uh, it was. It, I, I was just always down in the dumps. I always seemed to be in a depressed uh, spirit and mood. I look back at that and that that particular year. You know, I've never had another year like it because the next year I trusted Christ as Savior, and the joy of the Lord makes all the difference. In the world, take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Acts, chapter 8. And here's an example of that joy. Acts, chapter 8, 
And of course, this is the, the story of, of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. And uh, Philip was taken out by the Spirit of God out of the cities and taken into a desert place and directed toward one man. Directed toward one man that had just come from Jerusalem. He had a portion of the scriptures in his hand. And uh, he was trying to understand them and, and could not do so. And so Philip joined himself to the man that was in the chariot. He was an Ethiopian. And he, he said, do you understand what, understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, how can I accept some man should guide me? And so he began to let him know what I, that, that portion from the book of Isaiah was about. And it was about Jesus Christ and about the Savior that was going to come and, and uh, die on the cross uh, for that man's sin. And to make a long story short, he trusted Jesus Christ as Savior that day. They, they came to some water and he said, and the, the Ethiopian said, See, here's water, what doth hinder me to be baptized? And he said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, uh, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And if you look in verse, um, verse 39, after he's been baptized, it says, And when they were come up out of the water... The Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, uh, that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found at Azotus, and passing through, uh, he, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. It says he went on his way rejoicing. I believe both of those guys went on their way rejoicing that day. Uh, Philip, because he had, he had seen this man come to Christ, but the eunuch went away, uh, went on his way rejoicing, and the reason why was because he had just had his sins totally forgiven, and he had just had uh, trusted and believed on Christ as his Savior. This is what happens when all of us trusted Christ as Savior. What you have from the time of salvation until today is you have the potential for joy. You have the potential to have, have joy in your heart. However, you know as well as I do that, that uh, there are folks that have gotten saved that have lost their joy. And there's times you've lost your joy. And there's times that I've lost my joy. What, what is it that, uh, that causes uh, that, that joy to evaporate? What is it that causes that joy to go by the wayside? Uh, some say that it's circumstances. Uh, they say, well, you know, because of various circumstances that, come, that have come into our lives, uh, it's caused the joy to diminish. Um, however, is that really the case? Is it the circumstances diminish the joy, or did the circumstances reveal that there was very little joy in the heart to begin with? Um, you know, uh, when it comes to circumstances sometimes we bring those circumstances on ourselves because of our choices sometimes they just fall across their our, our path uh, you can't always rejoice over the circumstances that come your way um, you know on one hand I'm sure the Overtons today are rejoicing over the fact that dad is in heaven but they're not rejoicing over the fact that they've lost a father and they shouldn't rejoice. Uh, you know, when, when, we lose, when we lose loved ones, it's not wrong to grieve. It's not wrong to cry. Uh, it's not wrong to feel sad because there's a part 
uh, of your life that is now gone on because they have been they have been taken, and uh, and really that's that's true whether it's a, a saved person or even a lost person. The people that remain behind are the ones that suffer loss. So you may not rejoice over the circumstance, but you can always rejoice in the circumstance. Go with me to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. In Philippians chapter 4, look in verse, in verse 4. And of course, this, this, whole, this whole book was written with an emphasis on joy and rejoicing. And it, it, it's, it's amazing to me because uh, when Paul wrote this, he wrote this from a prison. And he was in the worst uh, uh, possible set of circumstances that you could possibly be in. And yet you read through the book of Philippians and he is just bubbling over with joy. So, in other words, his circumstances did not determine whether or not the joy was down deep in his heart. And he said this, in verse 4, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Well, if there's anybody who could say that, it was the guy that was sitting in prison and in despicable conditions with a smile on his face and with, a, with the joy of the Lord in his heart. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And again, this is the Apostle Paul. And he says, How that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded under the riches of their liberality. And he's talking about the churches of Macedonia. And he's saying that, that uh, they had a deep poverty, they had a great trial of affliction, and yet, in spite of all of that, there was a deep down joy that they had, and they had that joy because of Jesus Christ. What, what joy essentially is, is it's a, it's a byproduct, and it's a byproduct of, of an obedient life. So let's take a look tonight at some things that, that God says can uh, cause us to lose our joy. Four things we're going to look at tonight that can cause us to lose our joy. Go with me to uh, Psalm 51, if you would. Psalm 51. Psalm 51 is the psalm that, in the prayer that David prayed after he committed adultery with, with Bathsheba. He repented. Uh, he, he turned from a sin. And you can tell there's an extreme amount of grief and there's an extreme amount of sorrow going on in his heart uh, because of his sin. But look with me, if you would, in verse, in verse 12. Well, let's start in verse, start in verse 10. It says, Create in me a clean heart, O, o God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. He's saying, restore my joy because my joy is gone. Now, why was his joy gone? His joy was gone because of disobedience in his life. Because David not only trespassed against Bathsheba, and not only trespassed, against Uriah, her, her husband, but he sinned against God. And because of that sin coming into his life, 
uh, he, he lost the joy of his salvation. Uh, go, to, go to Psalm 32, if you would. Psalm 32. And in Psalm 32, look at the first five verses with me. It says, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and whose spirit there is no guile. When I kept silence, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. For day and night thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into the drought of summer, Selah. I acknowledged my sin unto thee, and mine iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. That's the kind of a heart that you have to come to God with when we sinned against him in order to get that joy restored. Look down in verses 10 and 11. It says, many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but he that trusteth in the Lord Mercy shall compass him about. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, ye righteous, and shout for joy, all ye that are upright in heart. Uh, that, that joy, in other words, comes from an upright heart. It comes from an obedient heart. It comes from, uh, from a, a heart that has a desire to want to obey and please God. Guilty people are not happy people. And the, the truth is, there have been times when you have been guilty over your sin. You have not yet had a repentant heart. Even since you trusted Christ as Savior, there have been times when God's dealt with you with sin. I, I know there have been times when I fought God uh, about my sin. I have never been joyful during those times. But you know when, when, when the joy floods your soul is when you come to God, you repent of that thing, you turn from it, and, and you get your heart right with God, and you, and you turn from that sin. When that happens, the joy floods your soul. It, it, may be, it, it could be something that, uh, that you're doing that you shouldn't be doing. It could be something that you're not doing that you're supposed to be doing, but no matter how you, how you cut it, it's sin. If there's disobedience in your, in your life, there's a, a leak uh, in your joy. And your joy will leak out because you're not obedient to God. So disobedience can cause us to lose joy. There's another thing that can cause us to lose joy. Go with me over to John 17. John chapter 17. And in John 17, look down with me if you would to verse 13. John 17 and verse 13 says, And now come I to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have joy fulfilled in, in themselves. Lord Jesus said, said that the words that he spoke can cause us to have joy. Uh, go with me to Jeremiah chapter 15. Jeremiah 15. And in Jeremiah 15, look with me down in verse 16. Jeremiah 15 and verse 16 says, O Lord, thou knowest, remember me, and, and, 
and I'm in verse 15. Well, we'll read 15 and 16. O Lord, thou knowest, remember me and visit me and revenge me of my persecutors. Take me not away in thy long suffering. Know that uh, for thy sake I have suffered rebuke. Thy words were found, and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of mine heart, for I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. He's saying that he was, he was being persecuted. He had people breathing down his neck. There was, there was trouble in his life. And yet when he found the words of God, God's words gave him joy. Uh, you know, the world is a depressing place. Uh, I've, I, I can't tell you how many folks I've talked to in this church and outside of this church in the last uh, probably two or three months and so many people have told me, you know what, I've just decided I'm not even going to look at the news anymore. <laughs> I'm not even going to read news articles. It's just, it, it's just depressing the way that things, the way that things are going. Uh, you know, we need to get God's perspective on things. Uh, the, 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 one of the, the reasons why it's so important to get into the Bible is because that is a source of joy for us. God has promises to keep, he, that he will keep, he has commands that we ought to keep, and as we go into the word and as we respond positively to the word, the Lord gives us that joy. Uh, go with me over to 1 John chapter 1, 1 John chapter 1, and this, this passage is uh, one of the, my favorite passages uh, in, the, in the scriptures, John chapter 1, and because as, as you read it, you can just hear the excitement, and you can just hear the enthusiasm, and feel the enthusiasm that John has because of what God has done in his life. In verse 1 it says, "...that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon..." And our hands have handled of the word of life. And of course, when he says the word of life there, he's talking about the Lord Jesus Christ and the time that he and the other disciples spent with him. It says, for the life was manifested, and we have seen it and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. And, and of course, when he says manifested, he's talking about God being manifest in the flesh in the form of Jesus Christ. Verse 3 that which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And notice what he says in verse 4. He says, and these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. The more you spend time in the Word of God and respond properly to God's book, he will give you joy. The whole reason why this book was written was, was not only to give us truth and to give us a relationship with the Savior, but that in turn is what gives us joy. Uh, go back with me in the Old Testament. Go to the book of Psalms and go to Psalm number one. Psalm number one. And in Psalm one... Look with me down in verses 1 through 3. It says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But it says, His delight is in the law of the Lord. 
and in his law doth he meditate day and night, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The reason why that's true is because he has a delight, and his delight is in the law of the Lord. You can't have joy and be disconnected from this book. We, we need to spend time in the book. We need to think about things that we find in the Word of God, and then we need to obey them. And we need to, to, to uh, uh, be obedient to God and, and, and do the things that God has, has declared unto us in, in the Word. Then the third thing that, that can cause us to, to lose our joy is not only disobedience and being disconnected from the Word of God, but it's not giving attention to prayer. Go with me to John chapter 16. One of the things that is an interesting study, you could do this throughout the whole New Testament, or you could just do it, uh, just do it in the four Gospels. But take a look at, at, the, at the things that God says uh, that he said unto people so that they might have joy. Uh, if you look with me in John 16 and verse 24, it says, Hitherto have ye asked nothing in, in my name. Ask, and ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. What he's saying there is that, is that answers to prayer give us joy. Um, you know, I, I've had the, the privilege over the years to... Uh, to not only pray with people about things, but also to hear the report afterwards when God specifically uh, answers a particular prayer. And you know, I, I have yet to have someone come to me with a forlorn face telling me that God answered their prayer. No, instead, they usually come with a smile on their face because there's real joy there because God's done something. God's answered prayer. And so uh, it's important for us to attend to prayer so that God can answer prayer so that he can give us that joy. Um, you know, the, the bucket of, of human resources is, is two things. It's small and it's also got a lot of holes in it. But the bucket of God's resources through prayer is huge and it and has no holes in it. And, and God wants to pour out blessings. I'm, I'm convinced of this. He says this in the book of Malachi, but it's just true all the way through Scripture. He wants to pour us out blessings that we can't receive. But the Bible also says, ye have not because ye ask not. And uh, then he goes on to say, and when you do ask, you ask amiss. So it's important for us to spend time in prayer. Uh, don't, don't bottle up the burdens of your heart. Uh, one of the, the truths that God just seems to be Showing me over and over and over again, you see this all the way through Scripture, is uh, when a person has a broken heart, God allows that heart to break for a purpose. And this is one of those cases where, where um, uh, difficult circumstances and joy kind of intermingle. Uh, God allows the, the heart to be broken so that we can learn how to cry out to Him when we cry out to him, God gives us peace. God answers our prayers, and then the joy comes. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, it, it's just exciting to see how that 
God can work even in the worst possible situation and bring forth joy because of answered prayer. And uh, don't let those burdens keep bottled up in your heart. Go to God, and, and if there's desires that you have, the Bible says that He'll, if we delight ourselves in the Lord, He shall give thee the desires of thy heart. And when, when those desires are fulfilled, what a, what a blessing it is because we see those as direct answers to prayer. Then the last thing that can, that can cause us, to, um, can cause us to, to lose our joy. Go with me to Numbers chapter 11. Numbers 11. Numbers chapter 11. And look with me in verse 1. Numbers 11, verse 1, says, And when the people complained, and this is the people in the wilderness, this is Israel after they've left Egypt, it says, And when the people complained, it displeased the Lord, and the Lord heard it, and his anger was kindled, and the fire of the Lord burnt among them and consumed them that were in the uttermost part, in the uttermost part, parts of the camp. You notice the, 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 uh, description of how God responded to their complaints. It says it displeased the Lord and the Lord heard it and his anger was kindled and the fire of the Lord burnt among them. God is is extremely upset with us when we go into a, a, uh, uh, a condition of a complaining spirit. It's something that does not please God at all. And when we start complaining, I've never seen someone, including myself, uh, that has had a griping, complaining spirit that also has uh, extreme joy at the same time. It just doesn't happen. Complaining causes you to, to focus on the problem rather than focus on the solution and causes us to lose our joy. Go with me to Psalm 77. Psalm 77. And in Psalm 77, look with me down in verse 3. Psalm 77, verse 3, he says, I remembered God and was troubled. I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. Well, that's exactly what happens when we do complain. The more we complain, the, the more our spirit's overwhelmed and the more we complain, the less we have that joy of God. A complaining spirit can suck us, uh, suck out of us all the joy that we have. Now, now, why is it that it is so important for us as God's people to, to have joy? Well, first of all, joy helps us uh, accept the unpleasant things in life. Uh, there's, there's a lot of, of, of things that are, that are tough, that are difficult in life that come our way. But the joy of the Lord is our strength and can get us through it and help us to accept those things. The uh, Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so that means a, a rejoicing, grateful heart is, uh, is harder for Satan to hinder. And it's harder for us even really to fall into sin when we have a, a joyful heart toward God. Uh, when we have the joy of the Lord, the, the lusts of the flesh don't have the pull on us. 
that they that they have when when there's joy in our hearts. And uh, you know, you the the bottom line is this: uh, one of the things that that Satan wants to do is to steal our affections. He wants to steal our hearts. And if he can get our hearts to go in a, in a direction that's away from God, he can do that. But, you know, when you have the joy of the Lord in your heart, you're satisfied. I mean, you, you, you just, you're not looking. You're not looking elsewhere. I used to, I heard a, uh, years ago, uh, someone made the, the comment, said, you can't steal satisfied sheep because they're, they're satisfied in the area that they're grazing in. Well, there's a lot of truth to that. There's a lot of truth to that when it comes to you and me when we're satisfied in the Lord. And when we're satisfied in the Lord, even though we may be going through trouble and we may be going through some difficulty, you have that joy of the Lord that sustains you and, and you're less susceptible to the sins of the flesh. Um, joyful believers are people that witness. And they not, only, they not only witness with their words, but they witness with their spirit, and we witness with our, with our attitudes. Uh, again, people today are looking for answers, and I believe that with all my heart. Uh, overall, folks are very, very shaky today. I, I don't think I've ever seen a time period when there's been more fear, just straight across the board, not just in one group of people, just straight across the board, there's been more fear than I've ever seen before. Uh, there's been more uncertainty than I've ever seen before. Well, the, when the joy of the Lord is your strength and you have that joy overflowing in you, there's a confidence that God gives you. There is, there is an assurance that God gives you through that joy. And, uh, and, and it, 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 it can be seen by others. Other folks see the joy of the Lord that we have and that, in and of itself, is a real testimony. Um, take your Bibles and turn with me to, to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians 5. Galatians 5 is a chapter that speaks about uh, the, the pull that the flesh has on us versus the pull that the Spirit of God has on us. And uh, if you look with me, beginning in verse... Uh, 16. Since this I say, then walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. The Spirit of God is diametrically opposed to the lust of our flesh. And our flesh keeps wanting to pull us in one direction, and the Spirit of God is uh, attempting to pull us in another direction, and we need to make a decision as to which way we walk. Verse 18 says, But if you be led of the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these? Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, Wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now let me ask you something. Do you see any joy in that list? <laughs> there is no joy in that list. 
Uh, but then you go on to verse 22. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. The second thing right out of the blocks when it comes to the fruit of the Spirit is joy. And that, that joy is in the Lord. That joy is in the Lord. And there's, there's uh, three things that people are hungry for. They're hungry for love, they're hungry for joy, and they're hungry for peace. When, when we're walking with God, we have all three of those things. And when we're not walking with God, we lose all three of those things. There's, there's, there's four things, just as there's four things that take away our joy, it's obvious to therefore conclude that there are four things that produce joy. And again, the joy doesn't come direct. The joy comes indirectly. When we're doing these four things, we trip over joy in our life. It's just a byproduct. And those four things are, first of all, a, a, an obedient life, a clean, separated life unto God. Secondly, it's time in the Word, spending time in the book and, 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 and delighting in the things that God has for us. Third thing is prayer. And, and it's, it's not, only, not only does the time of in prayer help us with our joy, and crying out to God helps us with our joy, but when we see the fruition of the answers to prayer, what a joy that puts in our hearts and a, and a delight in our soul. And then last of all is thankfulness. Uh, you know, just instead of being complaining and having a griping spirit, have a, have a, have a, a spirit that's thankful. Take your Bibles and last of all, just turn with me to Isaiah 51. And with this we'll close. Isaiah 51. And in Isaiah 51, look with me down in verse 3. Isaiah 51, 3. Isaiah 51, 3 says, For the Lord shall comfort Zion. He will comfort all her waste places, and he will make her wilderness like Eden, and her desert like the garden of, of the Lord. Joy and gladness shall be found therein, thanksgiving and the voice of of melody, like we spoke about this morning about the importance of giving thanks. Uh, one of the things that comes forth from a thankful heart is a joyful one. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we pray that you would help us to be honest and open before you this, this, this evening and, and, and look at our own hearts and see, is, is it predominantly a heart of joy or is there a lot of griping and a lot of complaining, a lot of uh, despair that seems to be resonant there? Uh, Lord, uh, joy is not only something that's necessary for our strength and necessary for the health of our soul, it's also necessary for the, the testimony that we have to others. You know, what's, what's, what's sad is that sometimes the world looks at us as Christians and really doesn't see anything different, doesn't really see any different response to the things that are going on in the world than what they see in their own selves. 
And Lord, that's because we've allowed the joy to leak out. May we be known as a people of joy. And Lord, if there's any of these things that are, are present in our life right now that are uh, hindering the, the, the joy of the Lord, which is our strength, God, I pray that tonight would be the night when we turn our back on it, that we confess it as sin, and we go forward looking for you to, to, to bless us, to take us, to use us, and help us to be a testimony of the joy that only Jesus Christ can give. Bless this invitation. Please work in our hearts, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all